Tonga lost one of its greatest minds last month with the passing of Sitiveni Halapua. Dr. Halapua was 73 and was an academic who became a politician. He was well known throughout the Pacific, but it was as a force in the democracy movement in Tonga where he really made his mark. Don Wiseman spoke with RNZ Pacific's Tonga correspondent Kalafi Moala about Dr. Halapua's achievements. For Tonga, for example, he was a very key player in the reform, constitutional reform that started in uh, 2010 and uh, change our system so that our government be appointed no longer by the monarch but by parliament. He played a key role in that. And then, of course, he had a, a session in parliament himself. Many people in Tonga thought he might become the prime minister at the time in form of government, but he had a, a very formidable uh, opponent at the time, which was Akeliti Pohiva. So he still, though, became a part of that government at the time. So he played a very key role and has always been a great commentator and a leader that didn't take one way or the other, but really worked for the betterment of the, of the people of Tonga and the government. He was a highly educated man, of course, uh, an academic, yes. and he was often at conferences and whatever around the region, wasn't he? From his academic side, what's his key contribution? Well, he was based Center in Hawaii, the University of Hawaii there. And the Eastwood Center, of course, is a, a regional institution that worked uh, regionally with all the, the countries in the Pacific and even had an outreach into Asia. But his key contribution from Eastwood Center was the fact he came up with a, a concept and he called the Talanoa concept. Talanoa in Tongan in, in some Pacific countries means to, to dialogue, to talk. Talanoa also means in some of the Pacific cultures, I um, mean, storytelling. And so he came up with this concept, particularly at a time where there were quite a number of frictions and conflicts happening in the Pacific. And he proposed to sit down in Talanoa and have a conversation. And he carried it out very effectively in Micronesia, some of the, the countries of Micronesia, in Niue, in the Cook Islands, and of course in, in Polynesia, in Tonga. Even in uh, Vanuatu, he uh, was a key player in there in, in trying to resolve political conflicts or social conflicts by introducing that we don't need to preach uh, at each other, shout at each other, but we need uh, what we call in Tonga, put the mat out here, let's sit down in a, like a cover circle and talk about it and discuss things and come to an agreement. So that, that was a, a practice that he... Uh, pioneered and it really went well throughout the Pacific. That really, in a way, brings us back to his push for democratic reforms or the, the involvement he had with that process in Tonga because he later wanted a different approach to the way in which the government was structured. He wanted a collegial-style government, didn't he? He saw that... That's correct. He saw a collegial style as, as really the only way that a combative country like Tonga could could That's sit correct. down and make progress. I remember listening to him one time where he came up with a message at a conference in Tonga and, and basically said, we can have reform, we can make social changes, we can adjust political systems, 
peacefully. We don't have to be confrontational. We don't have to fight each other and shed blood on the street. There was something so so brilliant. And of course, he he was able to carry that out in many ways in, in a Tongan context, trying to advocate the fact that we need to sit down with the noble and with the monarch and then with the people and talk and see what the common interest that we need to work toward. We need not as a people to stand up and uh, count out the monarch, count out the nobles, but they have been a part of our structure for thousands of years. And so Steven uh, was a reformer uh, par excellence. He was a reformer that believed changes can be brought about in a peaceful way, in a dialogue that's inclusive of everyone in the social and political structure. At the end of his political career, he became involved in a scheme to improve transport around Tonga and put a lot of effort, I think, into creating freighters that would be powered by the wind. The idea really was to have people involved in the construction and manning it and everything else, providing remote areas of Tonga with supplies on a more regular basis than they were able to get at the moment. Is that scheme still in place? Yes, that is in place, although he struggled and was frustrated at the beginning. Uh, for example, his family roots originally come from the northernmost islands of Tonga, the Niwa. Uh, islands, which actually they're a lot closer to Samoa than they are to Tonga. So he was concerned of how the people of the newer need to have their supplies constantly being uh, supplied. So he worked with a, a, a local group to get a boat, like a canoe style, a bigger trimarine, in fact, to take supplies to Newark. Uh, that didn't work well, and so another group purchased a boat, an actual sailing boat for the newest, and that's still running. But what happened with Halapua was I think he was challenged for the fact that we need to move beyond the realm of just talking and reform and, and bringing changes, but we need to do something practical, technical, that will make a difference in the lives of people. And that's why he was involved in his later years in something quite practical, like transportation, the outer islands, especially, who have their supplies there. And when they are, they are very vulnerable to hurricanes and cyclones and things like that, that they need to be taken care of and be warned and reconstruction taking place. So he was quite involved in his later years in those kind of projects.